Hello, my name is Christian Perugino. Welcome to the third episode of The Swamp. Before we get into it, I just want to say a big shout out to everybody that's shown the support since we started this thing. This week I'm speaking to my really good friend Juice. I hope you're going to enjoy it. Do you have like a thing? I can't remember if you have like a thing like that you introduce it as. At the beginning, I have to do an overdub afterwards. I'm like, yo, welcome to the Yo, the welcome to this <laughs> podcast, yeah. And tonight we're going to be talking about the hood, yeah, and the streets. I don't and know nothing about the hood. Road men and... <laughs> what? Road men? Where does this come from? I'm a road man. Yeah, tell us about your background. As a, how you, tell us about how you came off the street. That would be a good way to start it. Oh, my God. Uh, but, but I don't want to thank the council for anything, though. <laughs> but you're from Manchester, right? Yeah. Where in Manchester? Um, originally Salford. And then I moved to a little shitty place called Crew. Called Crew. Crew Alexandra. Yes. How do you know that? Oh, football. Ugh. Is it the football team called Crew Alexandra? Yeah, or? it's called Crew Alexandra. Yeah. So Salford, isn't that where some famous bands are from? That's where I've heard Salford being a Maybe. Musical, yeah. hu- musical hub. I wasn't there for long. I was only there for a few years. Yeah, you've travelled around. I remember you telling me I when have. we had dinner once. We had a nice romantic meal at the Oh small yeah, that was so nice. Thanks for paying, by the way. <laughs> I'm You're welcome. You still own I'm, I'm my own woman. I don't need to be paid. You moved around there, right? I moved around, yeah. Started in up north. Started up north. I started in Manchester. And then I moved to Crewe. Alexandra. No, just Crewe. And then I moved to... Where did I move to after that? London. No. I moved to... I was in France for a bit when I was younger. In France? Yeah. Really? I, moved, I lived in France. And then I moved back to Crewe for some God no, I don't know why. <laughs> and then I moved to London when I was 17, which was like... Ten too, years ago. Too many years ago, like 500 years ago. <laughs> How do you know? 30. One. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> no. Um, I'm 24 this year. Um, France? Yeah. I didn't know you lived in France. Yeah, France for like a couple of years. Where in France? Um, in a place called Angoulême, which is in like um, south, never eat shredded wheat, southwest. Of France. Of la France. And how old were you when you lived there? I was like eight, I think. So do you remember much of it? Like, did it influence Yeah. It, inf- um, yeah, it influenced me in a way, I feel. Like, because life there was like just so chill. And then I went back to like living in the city again and I was just like, I still had that mentality in the back of my mind, you know, like to just like not take things too seriously, which is why I'm the fuckwit I am today. <laughs> what were you doing in France? Did you escape? They let you out of the... No, no, no. I, mean, I, moved, I moved over there with my, with my family. Oh, cool. Just because they wanted to, so I went along with them because I was eight. <laughs> I so, didn't really have a choice. <laughs> You live in France, is that any reason why you speak like a gazillion languages? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But also, I just like learning languages because I'm a freak. What languages do you speak? Um, French, Spanish, a little bit of Italian, a bit of German, a bit of a lot of things. So all those languages, you could have a conversation with someone? Yeah. For real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We've spoken in Italian before. Yeah, a little bit. But you... Aren't on the artist thing, right? You do your own, you just do the production. I was for 10 years and then, yeah. What? You know that, I told you that. No, I thought you just did a bit of performing. You have the most selective memory of anyone I've ever met. No, this is just because Empress Linoleum, who's sat 
coloring in her coloring book. Big up, big up, Empress Linoleum. She said that five, five, queen, five can't change your height. What's the bar after that? Five point five can't change your height. Symphony kiss. I see the way they act like this. Want to fight? Fight, fight to, to be, be born. born. Fight to stay alive when, when you're living, living off corn. corn. <laughs> da, 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 da. corn. Fight the rated, underrated. Sophisticated. Self-medicated. Never wanted my world to be gated. Jeez. Yeah, I see. That was a fun night. It was. Getting smashed in your bedroom. One. Yeah. I, honestly, I had a really bad chest infection. For everyone listening, there was this one night um, in my bedroom. <laughs> Christian and I were alone. <laughs> and after several advances that he made... <laughs> I'm joking. There was like seven of us and he got smashed and collapsed said, on my floor. Uh, I, don't, I don't drink that much. So you guys, well, you guys were or are You drank like alcoholics. two bottles. Oh my God. Okay, so... Yeah, but just you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Empress Linoleum is teetotal. <laughs> You're an alcoholic then. I'm not an alcoholic. You are? No, I'm not an alcoholic. I can survive without alcohol. But... Do you have any beer? I'm joking. <laughs> <clears throat> But that night you got me drunk. I'm, I'm sticking that to the record. Oh my god! You decided to drink. That was your own of your own volition. But before we started drinking, I do want to say that for the record, me and Josephine were getting on it hard on the music. We were. Yeah, you were getting hard on the amaretto as well. <laughs> yeah, but we were getting on the music. We made that tune, Joe, which it took you like a week and a half to send me. I'm sorry. You're the worst. I, ha- I have the worst. I'm the worst social media interactor person. Worst memory, but I compensate with my skills. <laughs> so, oh yeah, this is an ego-less interview, isn't it? <laughs> it should be, but it's kind of hard with it's you. It's hard for me, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, you know what's funny? On my like, notes of stuff I wanted to talk about, I mm-hmm. said, did you enjoy school? Because I think that would be an interesting... School? Wow. So you travelled around and had yeah. school in France, had school in England. Yeah. Um, school was... Interesting. I don't know, because the thing is, when I was in school, I've always felt like, even though I don't seem it, I'm, I've always felt like quite centred with myself. Like I know exactly who I am. I know what I like and I don't like, and I've got perspective on my life. And I feel like being in school kind of like reinforced that for me, because I saw all this petty drama going on, and I was like, I just need to avoid it. And so, you weren't the person starting the picture. Exactly. Well, sometimes if someone rubbed me the wrong way, but, you know, that was just good old karma playing its part. And that was, even in France? Was, was the culture Not in the France. same in France? Fra- um, in school and stuff? Kind of. But not as much. I feel like France culturally is a lot more, I don't know. Like the people there are... From what I saw, they were more relaxed and they were more like just down to earth. Like they didn't get caught up in this silly drama. I mean, the thing is, like, some obviously there's exceptions to the rule, but like, you know, yeah. Was it interesting for all the other kids that there was like an English boy in school or was there a lot of there were, foreigners? No, there were some other English people there. Yeah, I didn't like them. <laughs> I, I preferred the French people. Have you still got friends from back in France that you still keep in contact no, with? No, no, no. Oops. Careful. I'm going to have to edit that out. Yeah. So school wasn't... School. Was a... I mean, the thing is, to be honest, I was so, like... I knew from when I was, like, 10 that I wanted to, like, do something big. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, so, I, was that music or just something big? Something. I didn't know what it was. And when I was like maybe 12, I um, because I've always liked languages, so I thought, oh, I'm going to do languages. My mum kind of pushed me to do it. So I did languages and I studied like French, German, Spanish and Russian as well for a bit. And because wow. I was just like after school class in Russian, I was the only person that went. It was so... Oh, yeah, it was interesting. But yeah, I thought that was what I wanted to do. But I still like loved music, so I did music alongside it. How do you find the time to study six languages and play music? Because for someone that plays music to the standard you play it now, you must have been in your bedroom hitting it hard. I mean, my piano teacher was pretty strict. <laughs> what, so you had to make sure that when you went to see her next or him that you had yeah. done all the stuff they told you to do? Like, yeah, I practiced like maybe four hours a day, every day, four or five hours a day. For how many years? Oh my god! Well, I started when I was six, and I finished when I was seventeen because that's when I moved to London. What finished your studies? Yeah, like, so eleven years, I studied. So, because I'm, I'm actually really curious how someone like from that one time we worked together. Because I always see you jamming around and fucking about and stuff. But yeah. when I actually got to the one golden opportunity to work in your company, <laughs> for you for someone to be that prolific and have such a such an ear for tunes mm. and melodies and harmonies and stuff. Was there just a piano lying around or what? How did you even get in? No, that? there wasn't. I mean, we didn't have any money, so we couldn't afford a piano. That's I, I was usually in school, like, I'd go to school, maybe I'd get to school for like half seven in the morning and practice. At school? At school, because I didn't have anything. I didn't have a keyboard or anything. But what? do you remember the first time you thought, I'm going to sit at this piano and mess around? Oh, yeah. I, I was like... Three, I remember. I, I I actually remember vividly. Like there was this um, piano shop, um, in a town near us, and I walked past it. Well, I think yeah, I, I walked past it. I guess with my I was like three or four, with my mum. My sister was in like the pram, and I remember looking at this piano. And I just ran, and my mum couldn't find me anywhere, <laughs> and she saw me playing on this fucking piano. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Running off three. Oh, I've got stories. Tell us one. I've had police after me when I was three years old. <laughs> I was in the back garden playing. My mum oh, was, no. was on the phone. She turned around for one second and I disappeared. And I managed to get down the road. Like, and this was a dangerous road. Like, there were cars going like 80 miles an hour down this road. And I was like crawling, like walking down this road. <laughs> and I ended up by a canal. A canal? A canal. And this, like, this farmer guy found me. And then um, my mum called the police and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was a whole thing. I think what I really want to know, yeah. because, you know, in five years' time when you're one of the biggest producers in the Big world, too. Yeah. Well, even now, I'm just curious to know, like, mm. what makes you tick? How did you get to think the way you think about the world? Um, I just think the way everyone else has kind of been shaped to think about the world in their own way like everyone has different experiences and that affects the way you react to things I think reaction is what forms your life I don't think the things that happen to you form your life I think your reaction to those things forms your life because everyone gets shit everyone has good things that happen to them but the way you react to it that kind of indicates how people see you when things happen to you as well as your mood as well. If something bad happens to you and you, your automatic reaction is to be angry or sad or whatever, I mean, that's natural, but to dwell on that and live in that space is, 
um, damaging mm. to your your mind. And I think you have to like find this like cutoff point where it's past instinct and it's into kind of denial in a way. Do you know what I mean? Or to carry on in that. To carry on in that space because at the end of the day, like, I think meditation has taught me this in a way because like feelings come and go all the time. And I think if you dwell in those feelings, they kind of envelop you and take over like the way you see things and they kind of like fuck with your head a bit because your, your mind is your worst enemy. But it can also be your best friend if you treat it right. Do you know what I mean? It's a very delicate thing. Yeah, and it's like distinguishing between... I think maybe for people that haven't meditated or people who haven't thought about things in this way, you get conditioned to just react into everything. Mm-hmm. And especially now where there's just like so much information at our disposal. We're not, unless you train yourself to respond <clears> to stuff <throat> rather than to react to everything. Exactly. You, yeah. you end up perpetuating that cycle and you just end up one of those people that just... You know, stays in the same space for a long time yeah. and you regret a lot of things when you're older. Yeah. And I think you just need to see emotions as emotions. Like, people see them as, like, everything that is in your mind, but in reality, it's just a tiny molecule of what's going on in your head. Wow. And, like, I think we tend to over-magnify it because humans are, like, so emotional. Like, just naturally, we're so melodramatic as well. Like, we'll just, like, make this tiny thing into a huge thing like and I think we I think my theory on this is that the reason mental health issues are so prevalent in our generation is because we haven't been encouraged to kind of use our mind that way and also we haven't been encouraged to occupy ourselves with things that can be beneficial for our minds like giving our mind a break doing Like, I find, like, doing mundane things sometimes actually very helpful because you're not thinking. Non-stimulatory things. Exactly. Like, if you're stimulated all the time, your brain is going to be exhausted. You're going to be so tired all the time, and that reflects itself in the way that you... Just everything, like, even your physical health, it it, it can affect that, you know, and... I don't know. You said melodrama, (laughs) right? Yeah. I might have to cut this out if I'm wrong, but what was Lord's newest album called? Yeah, Melodrama. Because I remember I saw you in the summer when uh, after our exams and stuff. And you <coughs> said, have you heard Lord's new album? <laughs> well, I wasn't. I did not say it like you that. You did. You did. Have you heard Lord's new album? You oh did. my god, it's actually cunt. Christian, <laughs> Christian, have you heard Lord's new album? It, it's amazing. It's yeah. Because everyone that speaks about that album, it's it's amazing. It really is. I think like for pop music, it's daring. And it makes you think, like, a lot. Like, the kind of social commentary in her lyrics, like, is very... It's got a lot of depth to it. And for to make that into, like, pop music that's actually, you know, charting and stuff like that, that's, that's a hard balance to get. And that's why I, why I think I admire her so much, because she... I feel like pop music nowadays, there's a lot more emphasis on the music than the lyrics. And there's people like Lord and Ray Morris who are taking this to a different level and they're kind of making pop more intelligent and more stimulating and more... This, it's, it's multi-layered. I I mean? Me and Mo were talking about this today, saying mm. that it's almost like it's easy to fall into the pattern of trying to make music that connects with a lot of people, yeah. but having to kind of follow this book that says, every, like, you know... Math, melody mathematics and stuff mm-hmm. it's almost like you're saying well 
as an audience, you guys are pretty dumb, so we're just going to assume that you're the dumb. The Max Martin trick, yeah. That's his, is that like his thing? <coughs> I don't know if he made it, but he definitely uses it in oh, like okay, every yeah. single one of his songs, yeah. And it kind of just, you assume, the music is to people like us who maybe have a different palette or a wider palette yeah. can uh, identify it and think it's kind of not simple because it's obviously difficult to make stuff that's simple, but mm. it's not aimed at a very intelligent audience, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because I feel like the reception of that music might not be so like, I don't know, it, it might not make you think but I feel like the craft behind it is very, like, strenuous. Like, it takes a lot of work and a lot of self-restraint to be able to write a melody and fit lyrics into it and lyrics that make sense. But on the, on the um, other hand, it's like, I'd rather listen to pop music that has both. I feel like you shouldn't have to compromise because, I mean, people have proved again and again that it's possible um, I mean, there's people like Kate Bush, like she had like crazy melodies, but they were so catchy and her lyrics were so good. It was like reading poetry. If you read them, it's amazing. But, um, I feel like it's so easy to slip into this mindset of being a people pleaser mm. when in reality, the reason why people like Lord and Ray Morris and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are so popular is because they've taken like the most, vulnerable the most vulnerable feelings they have, brought them to the surface, shown everyone, and then, because we never talk about these feelings, everyone comes up and relates to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like a social stigma around these kind of feelings and these thoughts and these observations in life. And when you see someone leading and actually being brave enough to speak on a huge platform, in pop music as well, about stuff like this lyrically, it kind of opens the doors for a lot more artists to be more creative so and more thought provoking with their music. On this exact topic, you know the Logic song, the One Eight Hundred. That song is a pretty good example of everything we're talking about. Right? Exactly. From a rapper, that the craft yeah. behind that song and the message behind it. Yeah, it's amazing, and I feel like there aren't enough songs like that. It, they, they shouldn't be like this niche thing. They should be like more common because. I, f I don't know. I feel like pop music is big. It's become kind of stagnant at the moment. It hasn't really moved anywhere in the past five years. Except it's for the fact that it was five, what is it? Five years ago, it was like popular music was a lot of it was like EDM influence. Yeah. And now it's kind of more Afrobeat. That's like Afrobeat, soca beat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just feel, I, I mean, I feel like that's a natural progression, to be honest. Just because. I don't know. It's just the way music works, like the cycles of trends and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, they never last. Mm. Like you can, I mean, in pop music, like you can, a ballad, I mean, ballads are hundreds of years old and they're still topping charts. What does that say about that art form? You know? I mean, it says that it's like, it's got longevity behind it. And I feel like we need to kind of strive to find these types of music that have longevity because... I don't want to look back on like these years, like my twenties, and like think, oh yeah, I remember that um, that kind of dance hall era, that bashment bear, like uh, era. Do you know what I mean? That you were in, or that that I was in, and then like I look at it like music now, when I'm like, what if I'm fifty, sixty years old, um, and 
it's just another trend and it's like cyclical and it just carries on and on and on. There's no, there's nothing to latch onto. And in a way, I don't feel like that's a bad thing because it's pop music. It's whatever's popular. That's literally the meaning of it. But at the same time, I just feel like people need to kind of like sit still for a bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like actually think about the craft of pop music. Because a lot of people, I think, are just trying to... But it's kind of common now because people... Mm-hmm. The reality is people need to make money. And if people don't want to work a yeah. 9 to 5 job and they can rap or they can make a beat, it's kind exactly. of easy to jump on a trend. Yeah. But then you're, I suppose, whether you realise it or not, you're putting yourself in a box a little bit. Because when that trend... Me and Diego were talking about this on the last mm-hmm. podcast. When that trend disappears, if you try and jump on something else or you're not doing what feels you know, like it's authentic to you. It's going to be transparent to the audience. Exactly. And I feel like people aren't stupid. <laughs> like, when they hear, like, these songs on the radio, I- I've heard, I'm not going to name names, but I've heard some really bad songs recently. Lyrically, musically, like, there's nothing new in it. It's we're just recycled from another song. But this is super interesting because one of the most fascinating things about you, I think, is that you your perspective comes from someone who... Is making the type of music you're making, yeah. but you have classical background, mm-hmm. jazz background. So you're like a real legitimate musician. Like yeah. you have a conversation with you and you really know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I know that you know, you know music, so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like everyone has the right to make music, regardless of their skill and regardless of their background. But at the same time, I feel like there are people that, just have the wrong motivation behind making it sometimes. Like, exactly, the, the money. You didn't see that, he just did the cha-ching thing. <laughs> but, um... Cha-ching. But what do, you th- what, do you, what do you think about that? Because that speaks a lot about our, I mean, our generation or the, the generations that I'll be honest, if, if I had to... I mean, because the thing is, the situation for a lot of people in the industry is difficult. They are on a contract where they have to make... Artists lose a lot of money nowadays. It's so easy to lose money that you've invested yourself as well. Because the thing is, like, if you don't meet certain sales targets um, with your music, then you have to repay the difference. But that, and I think that's why we're in a time now where it's like, the thing is now is that a lot of people are like, fuck labels, let's just do it ourselves. Yeah. And the reality is you really can. You can, Chance the Rapper, are you kidding me? Yeah, that, he won a Grammy, for God's sake. He was the first I mean? person that did it right without, yeah. uh, without selling a record. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is like, I mean, I think technology has just changed everything, to be honest. Like if it weren't for technology, we would not have as nearly as many opportunities as we do now because it's just easier to promote things. It's easier to make things. It's easier to be influenced by things and find music that you've, you would never have listened to without the internet. Um, and I feel like that kind of community on there is a real thing now. Like, it's, it's a force now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because if you can put, if you can make good enough music and then put it out and not even leave your, you know, not even leave your bedroom in inverted exactly. commas, yeah. and then get people in the real world to actually come based on what they've seen online to mm. come and watch you live. Yeah. So I had a meeting this morning with my friend Chloe, who works for Live Nation. Yeah. Um, about putting on an event and sort of uh, getting back into playing shows myself, and she was talking about because I don't really know, well, didn't know too much about 
you know, how much you get paid to play live shows. I knew that, you know, everyone says the money's in live now because there's not much money in selling records. Mm -hmm. yeah. And prom promoters only make 20% generally or 15% if you're mm -hmm. selling out venues. Yeah. So that's a lot of money. If you're, I can't remember the calculation we did, but we worked out something like if you sell, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a pretty reasonable task. It was like something like selling tickets for £6 and we sell 150 or 300 or something. You mm -hmm. can make like £600 in one oh, yeah. month. Yeah. That's a lot of money. If you've not, if you made all the music yourself, you're doing it in your bedroom. You've got two, three people on your team. Mm -hmm. Six hundred pounds in one night. Exactly. Is... And you know what? I think making a living off music kind of keeps you motivated to keep making it. Because even though money shouldn't, I mean, no, it should be something that helps motivate you, but it shouldn't be the only thing that helps motivate you. I feel like you need to have like a, a mixture of motivations behind the reasons you do things because, I mean, money is replaceable, mm -hmm. first of all. Like, money comes and goes. Sometimes you don't have it, sometimes you do. <laughs> do you know? Yeah, yeah um, But I don't know. I feel like, yeah, the whole live thing at the moment, I feel like it's cool because I feel like live music kind of had a dip. Like, it wasn't as popular. It's kind of resurging in popularity now. He's sort of speaking about, like, when... Say download illegal downloading was that yeah that and was just so easy to just the music. kind of era because I mean the thing is like the kind of music that was playing isn't ri it was like club music you wouldn't see it live you go to a club and listen to it do you know what I mean yeah that's what that music was made for whereas because of the internet now we're exposed to all kinds of music so actually every sector of the music industry is kind of I feel like it's rising I feel like record sales will rise. A lot, actually. Yeah, vinyl came back in a big way in the Vinyl last came years. back. Cassettes have come back as well. They're starting to come back. Do you think that's because people are placing more value in actually owning something? And, it, you know, because a vinyl, for example, is an experience that you can have over and over again. Yeah. If, and it's a tangible one. Yeah, I mean, I, f I feel like... I've got a theory about this as well, actually. Like, listening, constantly streaming music and listening to it, it kind of um, desensitizes you to the music. And then, because whenever I find myself on Spotify and I go on a listening spree for like two hours, I kind of, I don't feel like I've been taken on this journey. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like, when you have one record and you're kind of, you force yourself to listen through the entire thing, the artist made that record for a reason. They put the tracks in that order for a reason. It's meant to be this kind of path that you go down while you're listening to it. And I feel like because we have this overabundance of music like at our disposal, we just kind of flip from every song and it kind of, there's no continuity in what we listen to because our attention span has just gone way down. So much down. And <laughs> Do that's got to be I mean? because of the rise of like social media, Instagram. Yeah. Everyone's on Instagram. So everyone's used to just, I mean, even me, I'm guilty of it. If, guilty of it. if I'm on something and I click a button and within two, three seconds... Whatever I've pressed doesn't work. I'm kind of yeah. already like, well, you've lost me. Exactly. And attention's like the most valuable thing now. Yeah. Is that if you've got, I think that's maybe why legitimate artists can earn money because if they can get your attention, or if you, you can get someone's attention mm -hmm. repeatedly, and you can build a, a connection with them, they're going to yeah. come back repeatedly, give you their attention, and yeah, exactly. So, because without getting into too much detail, you obviously do what you've got to do. Legally, to, to keep making music, like you work, and, and obviously yeah. until you don't need to, right? But what's your sort of 
goals in life? Obviously, you want to be happy and you want to make music, but... Um, my goals... I don't know. I mean... Do you ever think that far ahead? Like, well, no, I do. I mean, I do have a lot of goals, but... I don't really like talking about them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I, I want to be published. Um... It's good to speak into the world as to the universe of things that you want to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, and I do every day. Like, like when people ask me, like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm just working on my portfolio to send to publishers. When they get published this year, like, I say it all the time. And I, I started doing that a few years ago, and it works. It actually works. Have like, you ever, have you had any struggles with people closest to you or just people <clears throat> generally coming up to you and saying, oh, you're still doing music or, oh, you're trying to get, you're trying to do the music thing or anything like that? Um, it's kind of comments. No, that, no. I honestly, I haven't. I mean, from my mum, yeah, but it's my mum. <laughs> She's, you know, she wanted me to be an interpreter, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. No, I feel like people. I feel like that's not a thing anymore. I don't know. Like, get a real job kind of thing. I don't think that's a thing anymore because the create like creative industries are like booming right now. Fashion and art and like everything is like. Just, I don't know, especially in London, mm. like there's always something going on. Do you know what I mean? And there's so much space for everyone to do their own thing, which is great. Um, but Are you planning on staying in London for the foreseeable future? No. No? I want to go to America. Yeah, oh, I've, heard, I've heard some murmurs about LA. Some murmurs? Can I told we, you like two hours ago. Murmurs <laughs> been saying to me as well. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just want you to go to LA. I said, is he going to buy my ticket? Uh, Are you going to buy my ticket? No, I have no money. <laughs> I looked the other day. But I was like, I want to go to Wisconsin in America. I'm going to just look at the ticket. Wisconsin, why? Because. What's there? Well, you like know, cows and stuff. I don't really know what's there, but. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Probably, probably cows. Yeah, but you I'm know not, how people say, like, if you want to get immersed in a certain type of music, you know, if you want to get into samba, you should go to Brazil or. You, yeah, but what, what music does Wisconsin well, make? Uh, Justin Vernon. Grew up in there. Oh, okay. And I've just been so influenced by the music. I just want to kind of see what. I it mean, it's just going to be like woods and shit, isn't it? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. But when I looked at it, it wasn't cheap. It wasn't. It was like sixteen hundred pounds one way. What? Mind you, to be fair, it's not really like a common place to go. Is that why it's so expensive? Yeah, I think it is. So LA, how much are you looking forward to go there? Like three hundred pound return. Return. I told you. You're in some on like in, the, in someone's boot or in someone's suitcase. No, you actually have a seat on a plane and you fly over the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> I don't believe you. With well, who? Ryanair. Um, no, Norwegianer actually. I wouldn't want to be on a plane to LA with Ryanair for like fourteen hours. Oh my god, hell no! Fuck that. It's just like people walking around trying to sell things for like fifteen <laughs> hours. It's like get away from me. What's America got for you then? A certain artist, certain music vibe. America. I don't know. Just. Yeah, everything. And plus, I need the sun. <laughs> I miss the sun so much. Like, Sometimes I can't function without it, I've realised. Like, weather affects your mood so much. Yeah. Do but, you know what I mean? It's crazy. And we get, we're so used to it in this country. We don't, we're so used to having sun for like a month, of yeah. one month of the year, two months of the year. Exactly, yeah. But I, d I don't know, I just feel like, I mean, I love travelling and I love living in different countries. And I've got friends in LA that are musicians, like they go to LACM and yada, yada, yada. And I just want to go over there and just see what it's all about. You so know? just go there for a little holiday and it'd probably be one of those stories. Oh yeah, Josh went to LA for two weeks and didn't come back. Th that would probably happen. I'm, I not, I'm not even going to lie. And I would have got a chance to work with you once in two years. No, because you'd come to LA and visit me, right? It is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so what about um, like dream collaborators? I, I wouldn't even say oh dream because it's realistic, but people, who are people, contemporaries that you would like to work with or produce for? Because I feel like before, wow. sorry, I just asked you that, right? But I feel like we're assuming a lot about you for people that might be listening. Because you have performed, you don't perform anymore. Mm -hmm. You write and produce your songs and write and produce for other people, right? Um, yeah. I mean, oh my God, that's really hard, actually. Beyonce, duh. <laughs> Rihanna. Um, I could see you working with them. Yeah. Um, they would love else? you. Uh, Bjork. Um, listen to much of that would be hard, but <laughs> you should listen to her. She's amazing. She's like a in a different planet. <laughs> she's ridiculous. I did. I looked up the other day. She's like not old, but she's not young. She's right? in her fifties. I mean, she's been doing this since like the late eighties. Yeah, that's crazy. Because she was in a band starting off called Sugar Cubes, right? Like this Icelandic band. Um, they were cool, and then she went off and did her own thing. I think her first album came out in, like, 1990. So she's been doing this for, like, quite a while now, you know? But um, Björk, who else? I'm just trying to think. Um, Charlie XCX. Um, Caroline Polachek. She's this am amazing... She used to be in a band called Chairlift, but she's this amazing writer and producer. Like, she's so sick. Um, who else? Timberland. Sick. That would be sick. Um, I want to work with writers like um, Sarah Hudson and uh, I'm just trying to think, maybe, I don't know. There's so many people I can't even pinpoint. Do a leaper, that'd be cool. Teach her a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. No, she knows what she's doing, obviously. Um, Charlie XX, Ray Morris would be cool. Kalella, she's really cool. Yeah. And how did I can't I can't even think of people. There's so many. That was a lot though. And that, yeah. I could yeah I could definitely see a lot of that happening. Because yeah. you're doing all the right things, you know. Like there's a difference between wanting to do stuff and speaking it out and actually putting in the work. Yeah, exactly. And I think people are just so used to resting on their laurels, like. <laughs> Instead of actually realizing that you really have to put some elbow grease into this shit because it's not easy. <laughs> and it's really hard. That's one thing about you for all your flaws and things I don't mm. like about you. One thing that's always inspiring is <laughs> such a twat. Backhanded compliment. But mm -hmm. one thing that always does really inspire me is that you have got a lot of talents, but you don't like you're not just one of those people that's like, oh he's super talented. You you wouldn't even know that you've got as much talent as you do because you're always working. Yeah. Which is amazing. I you just need to stay humble. Sit down. <laughs> I admit, that's so cool that that just hits anyone when you say humble I now. Know. Like, literally. Have you heard the Skrillex remix of that? No. Is it good? Wow, well, yeah. Maybe oh, I could put yeah. a clip of it in. Oh, yeah, do it. In this. I have to show right you. Right here. Bro, it's so crazy. <laughs> really? Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right here. Anyway. What, what did I just ask you before the Skrillex thing? Um, I'm looking at Linodium. She's not even with us. Empress Linodium. What you doing? He would have write and produced for. Um, oh, you were saying about like how? Yeah, you've done. You got a lot of a lot of skill. Like how, so, yeah, obviously. You because have. you know what I think it is. I feel like you have to always stay curious. 
like if you learn a skill, like yeah, I'm happy. I'm like, oh yeah, I can produce that, blah blah blah, whatever. But like, I always want to learn more. My brain is like on fire all the time. Like, I just want to do shit all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like doing the same stuff over and over and over again just because I can. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like because you don't develop that way as a, as a human. Like, you need to constantly like do new things and make yourself uncomfortable and listen to music that makes you uncomfortable because you learn a lot from that. Wow, I couldn't agree with you. Do you more. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you need to kind of like push yourself out of your boundaries and just be afraid because it's healthy. Because it means that you still care about shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you're not afraid, that's when you need to start worrying. <laughs> so do you find yourself doing that a lot? Like standing in front of a piece of music and yeah. quest- and asking questions? Yeah. You know? Every time I make something, I'm like, could this be more interesting? Could this beat like, be more complex? Could it be simpler? Could I take this out? Could I add something here? Like, do I need to... Whatever. Like, it's just whatever needs to be done to make it as good as it can be. What about when you're listening to stuff? Do you find yourself really trying to associate what you're hearing and sounds and lyrics with your own experience? Um, I think it depends on the song. Like, it depends on how empty the, their canvas is, what they give to you. Like, if they give you something that lyrically is quite general, like, I feel like naturally I put my own situation onto the thing and then I kind of, like, relate to it that way. But there's certain artists that paint such a specific picture that you can't imagine an image apart from theirs. Like, you have to, you're kind of, like, in their world, which is great because that's... I feel like that's what an artist should do. And like, an artist shouldn't be a vessel. They should be a vessel that they filled themselves. Do you know what I mean? They, they should fill themselves, like, with what they want to say and, like, their experiences and then, like, crack themselves open and give it to the world. <laughs> Like a giant egg. <laughs> a giant vegan egg. <laughs> okay, so now I've just got two questions that have come straight off the back of that. Go on then, honey. Do you find it difficult because of... Because you are probably able to listen to music and instantly be able to uh, understand a lot of things about a composition. Mm-hmm. Do you find it more difficult to find songs that you can just forget everything you know about music and listen to as a music listener? Oh, this is hard. Like, I've... I don't know. I feel like... Do you know what it is? When that happens to me, it's when I listen to a piece of music that catches me off guard. Because I don't go in, like, with an analytical brain. I go in with an emotional brain. Like, when something... Like, say, for example, Charlie XX's last mixtape, Pop 2 the whole thing caught me off guard. And I was, like, listening, listening to it as if, as if I was, like, a child. And I was just taking it, at, you know, as it was. And then afterwards, I kind of, like, looked into it and I realised, like, it's fucking crazy. Like, the way that they've done things, they swapped the hi-hat rhythm for a kick drum. So the kick's like... Like that. It's, it's crazy. So creative what they've done. But it's still so pop as well. And this is why I think, like... This, 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 like, stigma around pop music. Like, people think it's, like, this, like, dirty, dirty, dirty boy. <laughs> but in reality, it's not. <laughs> it's actually, like, there's so much space within pop music to be creative and still be pop. I feel like pop is a very loose term with music. 
but you, I think you have to trawl through music now to get to the, what the stuff you're talking about because the stuff that sells is the stuff that's hot, and the stuff that's hot is what everyone's yeah. But there's, always, there's always exceptions. Lord was an exception. Um, I I think that Britney Spears was an exception, and Backstreet Boys like well, Max Martin brought a completely new sound to pop music when he came out, and it worked. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like what was going on then. A lot of it was kind of, um, it was R&B based, you know, and it was like pop music. It was very like electronic as well. But then he came out with this like really like dense composition, like all this crazy like walls of sound, like these harmonies and like these perfect melodies that that slot in. And I feel like at the time that was like so refreshing to hear. Because it was just so different, you know? But, um, I don't know. Like, at the moment, I feel like there aren't many people that are doing stuff like that. Timberland as well, like, and Missy Elliott. Timberland and Missy Elliott together were a force to be reckoned with. Like, their productions were insane. They're so creative and, the, like, the way they sampled things and what they did with their voices and... Their bodies. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, I don't want to keep asking so many serious questions. Well, like you know, but it's hard for me not to when I've actually got you in a room and I want to pick, you know, pick your brain. Uh, but that's what's your like ethos when you're making music? My ethos. Yeah, like what? What do you go into a, a session thinking when you're just even composing? I think I'm going to make a song. Um, no, <laughs> I think I don't know. It depends on... Do you think, oh, I'm going to go and make something that I've never made before? Or do you think, I'm going to go and make this type of thing? Or do you just, whatever happens, happens? I mean, I usually make songs for artists, so it depends on what they want, really. But, I mean, I always try to have my own input because I feel like... I don't know. Like, I feel like I have something to offer people, like, artists. And that's why they choose to work with you. Exactly. Like, I mean, like, you know, it's and it's cool because, like... I think a lot of the artists that I've worked with have been so open-minded to it and the things that have come out of it have been so good. But I feel like you should just go with your gut. Like, if you start off with a song and you're you're not feeling it, just try and, like, flip it up a little bit, you know. Do something different. Like, reverse the chords or swap sections. Like, you know, just really fuck it up, you know. (laughs) Do you ever ever make songs and, like, suffer from... Oh, this sounds too much like this or that. Yeah, and that's... Sometimes, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with stealing. I don't think there's anything wrong with being influenced, but when you're just copying, like, if every part of a song that you make is just taken from something else, then it's not... It's doing a jigsaw, it's not making something new. Do you know what I mean? You're just taking something that's already there and rearranging it. Instead of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, like, being creative is hard. Like, being truly creative, like, without being influenced by things. And I feel like being entirely, innately creative in a song is near enough impossible, to be honest, because we all listen to music. So subconsciously we've been... It's, It's in your head. And, but I feel like every song should have that kind of little sliver of that, what's in your head, in your head, not from someone else's song or like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There needs to be that edge to it. And you can't, 
like take that from another song. You have to like sit and like think critically about what you're doing and how you can make it like true to yourself. Like I, I always think about it as because I've got anesthesia. Um, Anesthesia. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. <laughs> I just said anesthesia. It's in my bag. <laughs> no. Um, a rainy day. Synesthesia. And like, I like certain chords go with certain colors for me. And certain like sonic things go with certain colors. So like white, I think of like scratching. Like scratching. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> As in like a... I don't even know if that is synesthesia. kind of scratching or... Just like, uh, not even... It's like... Say if scratching like against metal, maybe wow. actually like white, and then purple is like oh, I don't know how to describe it. Like not a squelchy feeling, but it's like like I don't know, like grabbing something. What's your favorite food? Another way I work. My favorite food. Yeah, let's end it on that. What's your favorite food in the entire world? <sighs> if it was your last meal and Lily was gonna go and get. It. <laughs> 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 she just gave us the middle finger. Yeah, but she knows she's our homie. Aww. She's our homie. Big shout she's out to the Empress. She's our homie. She's colouring. She don't know me. <laughs> um, yes, I've got it. I can sample it. No. That's the. That is the. the That's my intellectual property. You can't do that. Um, my favorite food. Know. I can't decide. So it's three. Okay. Cuban food. Italian food and Japanese food. Okay, one dish of each and then Bang. I'm hitting the space bar. Um, oh my God, Cuban food. Probably just a standard brown rice and plantain because <laughs> it's fucking banging. Okay. Um, Italian. Oh my God, Italian food. There's so much. I can't think. Do you know what I used to love before I turned vegan? Uh, cannoli. Fake vegan. Cannoli. Yeah, fake vegan though. I'm not fake vegan. That was one week. I was in Italy. Yeah, that is exactly. Okay. Cannoli. Um, cannoli. Do you know what that is? Leave the gun. Am I saying it right? Take the cannoli. Yeah, you're, you're saying it right. Take the cannoli. That's from The Godfather. You've seen it? I've never seen it. Okay, we got to end there. <laughs> Juice has not seen The Godfather. <laughs> and I just got a pen to the eye. <laughs> Japanese no. dish and then we're, That's we're done. That's a hate crime. Hate crime. I'll give you hate crime. Oh, will you? Japanese food. Oh, yeah. Come on, boy. Japanese food. Oh, Japanese. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, mochi. Mochi? Yeah. And sushi. <laughs> Standard. Well, there you have it, everybody. In five years, in two years' time, when this is the number one hit song maker in the world. <laughs> this. <laughs> this has a name, honey. <laughs> <laughs> send okay. this thing or your mochi this gift. object. <laughs> Thanks for... I guess, for coming and talking wow, to me. Wow, you fucking bitch. <laughs> like, this, the thing is, this will be it. I won't get you for another month now. I'll just see you like on the street and you'll be like, I can smell you. <laughs> yeah, because you stink. <laughs> Thank he you. He smells swampy, guys. That's why he called it swampy. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Juice. You're welcome, Perugino, Pellegrino. <laughs> There you go. Thanks very much for tuning in. I hope to see you guys back here again next week for my next conversation, which is going to be with Mr. Prince Fimus. Peace.